Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Hey guys, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. Hey guys. Hi. Hello. How's your week been? It's been a week. I bet this next week will be better. Why is that? I mean, because Christmas is almost here. We put all this other stuff behind us. I just, I all can't All these long it. weeks. I know, I can't right? believe it. I can't believe it either. It went way too fast this year. Except for the last three days that have been the longest days in the history of man. Exactly. I don't know how the entire year felt like it was just a big, long extension of March until we hit the end of October. And now suddenly it flew by. And now Santa's getting ready for his Christmas Eve flight. He's gearing up. He's packing that sleigh. Oh, so I have an interesting Santa story. So regarding Santa Claus, the movie. So uh, this podcast, um, it's real fans for real movies. I mentioned it here before. They just did an episode on Santa Claus, the movie, but they got the actress who played Cordelia to come on and talk with them about her experiences filming the movie and what she remembers and everything like that. And she said her favorite scene in the whole movie ended up getting cut and it was never been put out there, but she saw it in the, you know, studio edit when the screener or whatever mm-hmm. she said it starts out it's it's a close-up on santa against the night sky the night sky looks really crappy like really bad special effects like fake stars and everything but when you put when the camera pans out you find out he's actually practicing flying his sleigh for the first time so the elves had painted like an area of the workshop to look like the night sky and he has rocking horses for reindeer since he's only used to controlling two reindeer that he just fly with eight so like the elves are guiding him on how to pull the reins and everything and she said it's just the cutest like scene like him learning how to fly his sleigh that just got ended up getting cut so oh that's sad that would have been a cute yeah i mean any more screen time we could have gotten from that santa would have been great she talked about him as well she said he was the nicest guy but like he clearly was not used to working with kids because he has such an adult sense of humor. So like she remembers <laughs> sitting for hours with him in the sleigh with the other kid, you know, filming. And like, he would be telling the most inappropriate jokes to tell children. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that's funny y'all. As she said, he also couldn't grow a beard or hair to save his life because he was bald and he could not grow facial hair. So that was all fake, which it looked really real. So that's a great fake beard. So check it out. She had lots of fun stories, real fans, real movies, Christmas, the Santa Claus movie. 
Uh, yeah. How cute was Cat Hermione in our advent calendar? Trip? Oh my gosh, that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Jude opens me opens ours for me every day, and he opened it today, and he's like, "Why does she have a cat on her face?" <laughs> and I'm like, "That's Hermione with a cat face." Goes, oh, hmm. <laughs> so far, Hedwig has been his favorite. He still takes it out and he rubs its head. He's like, it's so it's soft. so soft. Yeah, that's what he <laughs> says. <laughs> I love uh, I was baby Harry. That, I think that, that too. So cute. Uh, I was so disappointed. Something, yeah. That they didn't even try on McGarnagill. We just got the same exact McGarnagill two years in a row. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's not different at all. Yeah. Could have made her shade dress like a darker shade of green or something. Like painted a different color. Right. Act like you care about us, people. Is Snape different? <laughs> He seems yes. pretty similar too. His outfit's different. I still love Dumbledore with the baby though. With that the baby Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got fancy Hagrid Dumbledore just the other day. Oh yeah. Dumbledore, Dumbledore. was fancy. He was. Mm-hmm. I actually heresy. I like my nightmare before Christmas Funko Pop calendar better than the Harry Potter one. <gasps> really? For Rizzle? They're, they're cuter. And I think because they're stop motion characters, they translate better than people do to like the Funko Pop design, you know? I can see that. But plus, I'm happy I don't with know how they the, translate. This is my well, no, I am too. I like the Harry Potter ones, but I guess it's just something different too. This is my third year of a Harry Potter calendar. Mm-hmm. You know? But mm-hmm. I love it. I love the Nightmare Before. Christmas. You're not even the biggest Nightmare Before Christmas fan, so that's weird. I know, but they're adorbs. <laughs> they are adorbs. <laughs> did y'all see Leslie Odom singing? What's this? Yes, it was I did. not good. It was a huge letdown. Well, was it on Leslie- the sing along? Disney yeah. sing along. Oh. Leslie Odom was never my favorite. I know people love him in Hamilton, but he was never my favorite vocalist. I don't like his Christmas album either. No, what I was gonna say about Funko Pops is, you know, what I hate about Funko Pops how some of them are so top heavy. No matter what you do, they can't stand. Yeah. The little uh, what is it? Shock. The witch in Nightmare Before Christmas is a shock or lock or barrel, whatever one she is. She will not stand no matter what. Oh. They have whole videos on YouTube where you can heat their feet up in boiling water and rebend them to where they will stand up straight. But all I can think is that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, y'all. That sounds like <laughs> something for Goldie Hawn's Mrs. Claus. Heating something <laughs> up in boiling water and like making a yeah, it does. Like, Anthony. <laughs> Witch Goldie Hawn. Well, speaking of which, we never talked about this on the show. Did you see Kurt Russell wants Santa to be his last movie role? Oh, that's epic. Well, where do you really yeah. go after Santa, right? So... I wonder, I hope he gets, if if that's true, I hope he does get one more, like round out a trilogy. It's Netflix. We'll get six more, man. We'll get more than what we actually want. Well, maybe next year they could do a Christmas Chronicles Halloween movie and have it star Goldie Hawn. I, I would, I'm super skeptical about the fact that he's going to end with Santa and not do what every other aging male actor that had their heyday in the 80s and come Good back grief. in some Expendables or some... Hey, look, it's that actor I really loved in the 80s and 90s, but older and gray. Uh, if he does another escape from Insert City here, I'd be I mean, all in. I'd be <laughs> all in. I want to see him do movies. Snake Plissken again. <laughs> yeah, I do. I mean, I'd watch it, but if, yeah, I don't know they, that it would be good. They, they've done New York and LA, like do Boston, do Philly, do, do <laughs> Tulsa. DC. Oh my gosh. Escape from Tulsa. <laughs> it's a four minute drive, movie's over. <laughs> <laughs> um oh, speaking of movies tom didn't respond i saw julia did i think maybe tra- tom was ignoring i'm not no i have no comments about that trash what trash i don't want to talk about it 
allegedly and oh. take, this, take this with a huge grain of salt because I don't believe that website for anything. But every now and then, you know, there's something at the wall, something sticks. Allegedly, Universal wants Jim Carrey to come back as the Grinch. And I oh. saw that and I was like... That's weird because nobody wants him to come back as the Grinch. <laughs> right here, bro. <sighs> it's going to be one of those nights. Okay. You've already, you've it's already gonna be something. your opinion about this movie, so... Who has? Anthony. He hates this movie. So let's use that as a jumping off point to get into the movie we're covering tonight, which is 2008's Four Christmases, starring Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. I'm going to go ahead and hit us with a synopsis first before we get into cast and crew and initial thoughts. Um, Plot synopsis, courtesy of IMDb. So we'll see how terrible this is. Brad and Kate have been together for three years, in love, having fun, doing all sorts of things together with no intention of marriage or children. Christmas morning, they're on their way to Fiji, having told their two sets of divorced parents that they're off to do charity work. Due to a fluke, they have no choice but to visit each of their four idiosyncratic parents. As the day progresses, Brad and Kate remember growing up. Each learns more about each other, and Kate realizes that her life might not be as it could be. Do they know each other well enough to weather the storms families bring? Uh, I wouldn't call a weather event a fluke. That's a weird, it's just weird phrasing. Anyway. It is. It is. Um, so for Christmases, let's do let's do histories before we get into cast and credits. Tom, what's your history with Four Christmases? Uh, I saw this movie when it came out, and I liked it. Uh, I've watched it a few times since then, and then I watched it today. Did you see it in theaters when it came out? I don't think so. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I don't really know. Anthony? I saw it in theaters when it came out in 2008. I took somebody on a date. And it was probably was... the last date I went on with this person because this movie was awful. <laughs> and I blame this movie for that. Um, that You're welcome, Sarah. You know... <laughs> yeah. Or I'm sorry, Sarah, right? depending on which, which approach <laughs> we want to take. <laughs> um, if somehow I've seen this movie loads. This gets a lot of airtime with another Vince Vaughn vehicle and Christmas at the Cranks and everything on like TNT, TBS during the mm-hmm. holidays. It, it's okay. I, I don't, I honestly don't hate it, but there are a lot of things. There's a lot of Vince Vaughn <laughs> and there are a <laughs> lot of things in this movie that could have made it more Christmassy and made it a better movie, which we'll get into, but you know, I, it, it's okay. There are some legitimate laugh out loud moments, but in terms of this will never go down as one of the best or the worst Christmas movies. It's just meh, in my opinion. Okay, and well, it also than I expected. It also features a very, like, probably the most in shape John Favreau I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> 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 well, no, normally, especially nowadays, he's like that pudgy, um, lovable guy. In yeah. this, he's like a freaking, like, anyway. He's swole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's swole. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I did not see this in the movie theaters, um, I, but I mean, I saw it on TV at some point and then I've seen it on TV, kind of like Anthony said, a lot more times than I would ever care to see this on TV again. I reluctantly watched this again for the podcast because I I say reluctantly, I don't like this movie. <laughs> really? But there 
are three solid laughs for me in this movie. I counted them. There are three times I laugh in this movie. Three, three. times? There are at least three two times. whole sequences that I find funny. There are three times I laugh and two of them are slightly repetitive with each other. The but vomit. when I laugh, I really, really, really laugh. Is it the vomit? But it is the vomit. I love the vomit parts. The vomit <laughs> parts make me laugh so hard every time. But I don't we'll like the about vomit that. parts. Well, we, you don't. <laughs> I I love watching people gag in movies. It cracks me up. Like as long that as there's actually no me. puking, like the gagging thing makes me laugh so hard. I can't even like sympathetic gagging. It's so funny to me. To, to quote Andy Bernard, watching people make, get sick makes me sick. Yep. <laughs> so. Well, I don't like it if they actually follow through and get sick. I can't do that. But it, like just the gagging makes me really, really laugh. Really laugh. Okay. Um, all right, so let's go through cast and credits. So this movie was directed by Seth Gordon. He's done quite a bit of TV in his directorial career. Um, he kind of, this is his first big one. And then he went ahead and went said. to, yeah. And then he went to some shows that we all quite like. He did two episodes of Park and Rec. He did an episode of Community. He did two episodes of The Office. He did some Modern Family. He directed Horrible Bosses. I never saw that movie. Did y'all see it? It that horrible. is not a Julia movie. It's not yeah. a good movie in general. It's like, not a Tom movie either. If, if it was going to be a movie, it would be an Anthony movie because I like that type of humor, but it was just a bad movie. Even then, it it's was, not. Hmm. It was just That's the one with much. Jennifer Aniston, right? Yeah. Jennifer Aniston that, and... Uh, and Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. And mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. The best part of that movie was seeing Jennifer Aniston in Black Lingerie. You're such I mean. a perv, dude. <laughs> He also directed Identity Thief, which I'm pretty sure is the one with um, going to be Ursula on the upcoming Little Mermaid. And I can't think for the uh, life Melissa of me. McCarthy. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, can we take a moment, by the way? That movie has a great pet cast. And they yes, got, the, got Thomas Jefferson to play Sebastian. Perfect. Yes. I don't know I how forget. it's going to happen. Was I don't it? know how it's going to work. David yeah. Diggs, yeah. 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 I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, he's also done an episode of Sneaky Pete. He's got seven episodes of the Goldbergs, which I know, I think all of us on the podcast here really like the Goldbergs, don't we? Yep. No? Did you say no? I was about to say, I was about to nominate those for a future Thanksgiving because they have funny Thanksgiving episodes. Yeah. Um, I I am, I am nominating a return to the Simpsons. I'm surprised you haven't returned to the Simpsons for Christmas. They have 24 million bazillion christmas episodes yeah that was just a lot that was just a heavy episode and how has family guy how has family guy not made the list yet tom it's a it's morally reprehensible (laughs) that's what you say every time (laughs) maybe we'll do it for a patreon after dark certain episodes to make you feel better about it or is it still embarrassing that you watch them and like that show Oh, I'm definitely embarrassed how much I liked that liked <laughs> that show. Tom, it's, it's not a secret though. There's no reason to hide it. People know you. I don't hide it. I'm just episode. embarrassed by my my hat my past. If there was a Tom drinking game, it would be the word pedantic and sh- shallow and pedantic, and it would be a Family Guy reference. Those are the Which two. Shallow and pedantic is a Family Guy reference. I, I know. <laughs> it, it, would, it would be those. It would be those. It would be that's a cross I bear, and it would be some kind of uh, Jesus cross- joke. It's Jesus is never a joke, Anthony. 
There you go. Drink. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> He's oh, not. Man. I don't find that funny. <laughs> I do. I just, I get tired of the word, the verbiage, like the reason for the season. No, the reason for the season is a celebration of a, of a incarnation. People can say they enjoy other aspects, but that's not actually the reason. Uh, listeners, I'm so sorry. I set him off on it. <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I got him to be so pedantic. <laughs> so you had your perfect you had your perfect uh swing and a miss right there speaking of swing and a miss vince vaughn is in this movie <laughs> this is one of the most aside from swingers this is one of the most vince vaughn-y vince vaughn's out there it is very vince vaughn-y so i have a bit of trivia about this movie him and Reese yes. spoon couldn't stand one another shooting this movie because she wanted to rehearse and block things out and everything he's like no i just wing it on set most of this movie is improvised and she hated that so they spent no time together she would fly back whenever she wasn't like shooting a scene and they didn't even go on publicity tours together because they hated each other so much it reads that way because they yes, don't have does. chemistry in this they movie do i don't not. think no yeah which for the storyline i don't know maybe sort of makes sense but no. Um, we've covered Vince Vaughn before. We talked about him in Fred Claus, so we're not yep. going to go back through his cast and credits. Um, he is the same Vince Vaughn in this movie as he was in that one, except he had more heart in that one. Um, He's just way I think. Vince vaughn this time. He is. Yeah. Vince just Vaughn his, only has his, one level and it's Vince Vaughn. Yeah. It's not even right. like a level. It's just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's not like he goes up or down. It's just, he just. He, he's him. He's, he's him. Let, 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 let's call it out. He he plays himself. Like everyone likes to hate on Kristen Stewart from last week for playing herself, but and that's her. Well, Vince Vaughn is worse. He no, only, plays she on, has more of a note than he does. Everybody mm-hmm. makes fun of Kristen Stewart because she has no no no. She makes no faces. <laughs> she makes no faces. Um. So Reese Witherspoon is also in this movie, who we have not talked about, unless I'm forgetting. We haven't, have we? No, we nope. have not. Okay. And I honestly can't think of any other Christmas movie she's in, so this might be her only Christmas movie. Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't want to shoot another Christmas movie if this was my experience making a Christmas movie. I would. I would want to make right what was wronged. But, you know, that's just me. So Reese Witherspoon. Um, I love Reese Witherspoon. Are we Reese Witherspoon fans? Uh, L Woods. Ish. Yes, we are. Ish. Ish. Okay. She swings pretty wide. Um, she, probably I, most notable for, like Anthony said, Legally Blonde. It's really what what put her on the stage. What? Like um, although she she did have some early. Um, what was that movie she was? Oh, The Man in the Moon. Very very early, 1991. She was young Reese Witherspoon. She was in that one, but. Um, we have seen her on Friends as Rachel's other sister who doesn't appear in as many episodes as Christina Applegate. She was a better sister. Uh, that's debatable. I liked Chris. I liked uh, uh, yeah. Christina Applegate more. I did too. Uh, she appears in a very, I think, is underrated movie. It's one of my favorites. Pleasantville with Toby McGuire. Oh, yeah, it's a great movie. I love that movie. She was also in, obviously, Legally Blonde 2. Um, she's been in, she's one of my favorite movies, Penelope, with That's Christina great, Ricci. The Pig Nose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great movie. And she's got some voice work from all the Monsters versus Aliens movies, which I did not enjoy. 
Me either. And when you talk about like a concept that had so much potential, like if if you took that concept and had Pixar do it, it would have been a yeah. home run. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, she was also in Wild, which I think was her first nominated performance. I'm pretty sure she was nominated for something for that one, right? Or one of her first, if it wasn't her first. Um, I never saw that movie. Did y'all see that movie? She's good. I did. She's did good not. Yeah. Um, she's the voice of Rosita in Sing, which is the pig, which I do love that movie. And she's been in A Wrinkle in Time as Mrs. What's It. She was like most recently, movie. you didn't. Sad, because I love that book. Yeah, that's why I haven't seen it. Um, she's recently been in some pretty big TV miniseries or TV series. She was in Big Little Lies. She was in Little Fires Everywhere. And she's currently on The Morning Show, which is the Apple Plus one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. All three I love. All three you love. And it looks like we're getting in the future next year a Sing 2, which I am all in for. And we're getting a Legally Blonde 3, which I am questionable about. <laughs> I mean, I mean I'll watch it. But... And, and a live action Tinkerbell. I feel like Legally Blonde 3... You already know what's going to happen. She's going to make it to the White House, right? That, that's the plot. That's, that's got to be it. She made it to Congress <laughs> in the second one. She's going to get to the White House. Good thing is, she has literally not aged <laughs> since Legally Blonde. So I think we're good on nope. her continuing to be and, uh, what exactly Elwood would be. And when her daughter brings home a boyfriend, he can literally say without irony or being a a, a douchebag like oh are you two sisters because they look like sisters they do look like sisters it's uncanny um so starring as vince vaughn's father is robert oh. duvall robert duvall um i don't think we've covered him I'm trying to no, remember not. okay no, we have not. not um but you know like he's been in some stuff i'm not sure if you've heard of robert duvall before but I mean, mm-hmm. kind of a big deal. Um, he was in all of the Godfathers, or he was in maybe not all of them, but you would know him from Godfathers. Um, Apocalypse Now, The Natural is my favorite, one of my favorite Robert Duvall's. Not really his performance, but that movie in general is one of my favorite movies of all time. He is in a very talk about underrated movie again. One of my favorite movies of him and Denzel Washington, John Q. Did you ever see that movie? Oh, that was amazing. That movie is amazing. He played the hostage negotiator. But you know the premise, the... right? I do. Yep. I do know the it's premise. It's so good. It's on uh, it's on Voodoo. You should check it oh, out. Oh, I know it is. It's one of my <laughs> items I want to watch on your video. <laughs> he was in the first the first making of A Handmaid's Tale. He played the commander of yes, Fred's. Mm-hmm. He, he was also, also in. I loved as a kid. What? Days of Thunder. Mellow Days Yellow. Thunder. Yeah. He was in Lonesome Dove, the TV miniseries. He was in that ju- the movie The Judge with Robert Downey Jr. a few years ago. Yep. Do y'all remember the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? Yes. Remember the cover art for it from Blockbuster? Remember, it's him in a white shirt and black pants with glass. Uh, him, Michael Douglas, and yes. a gun in his hand and a and a and briefcase. a briefcase in the other hand, and everything around him is like broken. He looks like he's in Ground Zero. He just Blockbuster he just, memory. He's just a normal <laughs> guy who just loses it. Really? So, who's Robert Duvall in that movie? 
Is he a voice like, of reason or is he a bad guy? Pendergast? I think, no, he's, he's, uh, I don't remember exactly who he is. I think he, he's pretty, uh, the cop, I think, who's chasing him. Pendergast, mm-hmm. I think, is the cop who's trying to find out who's doing all this stuff and catch him. Okay. Is it good though? Worth a watch? I loved it back in the day. I think I'm going to give it a rewatch. Nice. Uh, he was also in Open Range, which is a favorite modern Western of mine. Um, Kevin Costner and Robert Duvall. Yes, please. And yes, please again. Um, and tell me you didn't like him in this movie, though. I did not like him in this movie. Okay. But good. he was really good at making you not like him. He was really good I at mean, being a horrible, terrible person. Yeah, he was. No, I was not. Acting a fan. was on point. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, playing Vince Vaughn's mother. So they're divorced. So it's a whole different group well, of four, the plot. four Christmases. They have four Christmases because both their parents are divorced. Yeah. Right. Is Sissy Spacek, who I love. I love Sissy Spacek. Uh, have we covered her yet? I don't think so. But I feel like she's no. got more Christmas I've, in I've, her. I've never seen her in anything. But <laughs> you're full of who? No, what you, what she, you been in that I would have seen her in? You mean for real? What you what you been in? I can't tell if you're kidding or not. <laughs> I'm joking, Carrie. Okay. Hello. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I Carrie. Love, I love that. I, I wasn't even get, thinking, Carrie. I, love I was that I thinking. Still get you sometimes. <laughs> you can. I mean, I'm the most gullible person on the planet. Um, I was thinking you had to have seen the Long Walk Home. The Long Walk Home. Have y'all seen that movie? where she drives her maid home every day because of the whole busing stuff. And it's set in civil war, Alabama or something like that. And she takes a stand as a white woman and she goes against her husband's wishes and all of the other horrible white people in her neighborhood and actually assists in. You know um, what? I think I did see that. That It's such a good movie. They show it on TV. They show it on TV a lot. No, it's the help pre the help. It's the original, the help. The Long Walk Home is great. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. But yeah, she was in Carrie. She was in um, Blast from the Past, which I know we've talked about here. Mm-hmm. Mom. Uh, Tuck Everlasting. This movie. I love that book. I was not a fan of that movie. It's sad. Um, and she also most recently was in a pretty popular, gosh, 10 years ago. She was in Big Love for some amount of time, which I know is a pretty big show. Um, she played... She- when I was a kid, I remember her playing, I'm trying to remember which country music singer it was. I think it was Loretta Lynn. Yeah, and the coal miner's daughter. Coal miner's daughter. That was it. Thank you. I couldn't think of the name. Yep. Um, and she was also, I know Anthony and I are fans. I'm not sure if Tommy have gotten around to watching it. She was in Castle Rock the first season, the second season. I don't know. I watched the first season. season. You should watch the second season. It was lost. solid. I got lost. He was in, what was it called? Hold on, I need to look it up real quick. She was oh, in she, Help as well. She was in Marie. Did you either did either of y'all see that movie in 1985? Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, she It's a bio, biographical film. She plays Marie Ragianti, who was head of the Tennessee Board of pardons and paroles who is removed from office after refusing to release prisoners on behalf of bribe of those who have paid bribes to the governor to for his political benefit huh. so it's very uh very relevant today so check it out y'all it's a very good movie she, i think she was um nominated for that one she's pretty phenomenal 
She is. And she plays Sissy Spacek in this movie. I feel like she plays a pretty standard version of herself. I will say she would her- never in a million years have been married to Robert Duvall in this movie, by the way. No. Ever. I, I will say that she, her segment was my second favorite segment in this movie. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Mm-mm. So oh, carrying wrong all the time. <laughs> I would refer everybody who thinks that I'm wrong, all, who uh, wants to know who's wrong all the time, to please check out the Merry Melee on Christmas Clatter number two and one for that matter. That, that's very fair. Uh, if if you want to see Tom get destroyed in relevant Christmas trivia, that's just based on knowledge and not opinions. Stay tuned for our Festivus episode and see us compete in the feats of strength and see who uh, comes out on top. Wasn't my opinion what was brought into question, though? Did we just pivot? I feel like I'm being gaslighted. You're gaslighting our community, Anthony. Please don't gaslight. <laughs> how, do you always, how do you always do this? How do you, how do you always turn something around? I guess. <laughs> just like that time I defended small businesses and somehow got attacked. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Christine's always like, I'm not going to argue with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so playing Vince Vaughn's brother, one of them anyway, is John Favreau, who we have talked about before from Elf. Nothing. Yeah, nothing like our John Favreau, that's for sure. I think this may very well be my favorite John Favreau, y'all. Oh, he, he was he that. was a highlight of this movie for me. He was one of the he funniest parts was of this movie. Hilarious. And the way he kept straight face with the ridiculous stuff he did was out of this world. Like, like I mean, the way he would stare at the camera while eating the chicken while eating the chicken wing while ripping the skin off the wing. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, oh okay. I, I don't want to get into it. Yeah, no, but <laughs> awesome acting because the things he says during that scene too, I do not know. Yeah, you're right. How he kept a straight face. And meanwhile, he's all tanned up with that ridiculous haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other oh, brother well, is played by Tim McGraw. I just want to point out, it's funny because he played on Friends, Monica's boyfriend who wanted to be an ultimate wrestler. And in this right, one, that was his actual career. He was an ultimate right. wrestler. Well, it wasn't his career. Remember, they didn't get paid. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Too, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> and whatever he does, he needs alibis for. But <laughs> um, playing the other redneck brother is uh, Tim McGraw, who we have not covered on the podcast. Um, but most notable for his singing career and the fact that he's married to Faith Hill. Um, but as far as acting goes, I mean, Blindside's his biggest one. And there the was a story. One. There was a story that came out recently about his Christmas obsession. Really? Well, add, add another person to our list to get on this uh, podcast next year. Well, I saw a picture of him decorating him his and his wife's like insanely tall Christmas tree. Yeah, like three stories high or something like that. Um, and I was pretty impressed, but you know, doesn't take a lot to impress me either. Um, rounding out the Vince Vaughn side of the family, a um, few people to mention, really one person to mention, and that's Katie Mixon is in this movie um, yeah, from is. your one of your favorite shows, right, Tom? American Housewife. American Housewife. Um, the chicken wing Katie Mixon 
catchphrase taboo, whatever game it is, is my other favorite scene in this movie that makes me laugh. So well, yeah, also my, the, a, yep. I love the first scene where she comes in and she just says, Hordoovras. <laughs> uh, by the way, that's why I said the Sister Spacex part is my second favorite sequence because of that taboo scene. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I don't care for any part of that scene, but that one right there. Uh, me too. I, I do. I, I love the... Uh, I love the uh, best friend. Awkwardness. Best, the best friend. Ugh. I just want my okay. <laughs> So moving to Reese Witherspoon's side of the family then. Um, first, we meet her mom, which is played by a mom we've covered before multiple times on the podcast, Mary Steenburgen. Um, I feel like her fifth, is this woman uh, in. Right. It's like I feel her fourth like or fifth Mary appearance. Mary Steenburgen has the honor not the honor has a distinction of being the person we probably covered most of this podcast yes good bad and ugly and by ugly i mean one magic christmas yes and by good i mean elf (laughs) (laughs) and by bad i mean probably this but that's just me um so she's you know she's reese witherspoon's mom and um plays plays a sweet mary steen how do you say her last name steenbergen it is Bergen. Yep. I always say Virgin, I think. She plays a sweet Mary Steenbergen as opposed to last week when she was kind of a spicy Mary Steenbergen in The Happiest Season. Um, so a little bit of a different take from last week, but pretty consistent sweet. with the rest. She's, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call her. Well, thirsty. Not that kind of sweet. I mean, as far as she's not, she's not like, she doesn't have a sharp tongue in this one necessarily to me like she did last week as a mom she's just kind of that sweet precious mother not precious but you know what i mean she's different from last week's mary she is she's not biting like she was in last week's episode nor did she have a sweet linus moment like she did in last week's episode no no she didn't not one, not one to be seen. Um, <laughs> uh, playing Reese Witherspoon's sister is another person we've covered a lot on the show, and it's Kristen Chenoweth, Oklahoma's own. Um, we've we've visited her a few times. I'm sure it won't be our last Christmas movie with Kristen Chenoweth, and she plays kind of the sister who her boobs are. I mean, she's the same person in every single one of these Christmas movies. She just yep. is. The thirsty, over-sexualized, yep. man crazy, yep, blonde. Yep. Um, Who and then the whole lacrosse team. That's right. But her husband forgave her for it. And she forgave or he him just knew. Sleeping, experimenting with men. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, playing, <laughs> playing her mom's love interest is Pastor Phil, played by Dwight Yoakam, who we have not covered on the show before. <laughs> But my favorite Dwight Yoakam is Panic Room because he was terrifying in that movie. He was. This is a bad guy. But you know him from country music. Uh, He is a country music legend. Yes, he is. Just out of this world. Um, But he's done a lot of acting over the last several years. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, res- you all know my feeling on musicians that become actors. So I'll <laughs> remain quiet. Shouldn't have done that. Just a boy. <laughs> mm-hmm, just a boy. What is that from? 
He was in Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, he was in Sling Blade with Billy mm-hmm. Bob Thornton? I thought you were doing yeah. Billy Bob and you were confused. No, I was doing Billy Bob, but Dwight Yoakam was in there, wasn't it? With him? Oh, I've never seen that movie. <gasps> Are you serious? Is that shocking? Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's an amazing movie. Is it? I feel like there is somebody else we need to mention. Um, well, I didn't know if I was done yet. I was done. Who should we mention? Carol Kane plays Aunt Sarah. Reese Witherspoon's Aunt Sarah. Yes, she does. Who we have also covered. In what movie? She's Anthony? just a small part. Scrooged. Very small part. <laughs> Unworthy of her legendary Scrooged performance. But yes. Yeah. And uh, Ralphie was in this. He was one of the airline ticket agents. He was. He was the one that. He was the one that Vince Vaughn was not so friendly with. Marty Marty did a little researching on this movie as we were watching it. And he said, did you know that him and Vince Vaughn and um, John Favreau. John Favreau are like buddy buddies. And they do lots of stuff together. And they're friends. Hmm. I did. That's why. Yes. Were you going to say that I just steal that from you? Usually you have the little trivia tidbits and Marty no, just No, 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 no. I was going to say they talked about this in the uh, movies that made us elf episode. When John Favreau was brought on board, a lot of people thought he was oh. going to try to cast Vince Vaughn because they were so oh. fr- they were friends, but he never he never tried, but that's what a lot of people thought when oh, he came in God to pitch that. the pitch the movie. And uh, if you remember Peter, B- Peter Billingsley is in that movie too. Yes, that's he is. Elf Foreman. Ming Ming Looks or exactly the same. Is. Still has those blue eyes, big blue eyes. He does. Yep. That's what I was going to say. He's got these iconic eyes, man. Yep. yep. And then our last, but our smallest, teeniest, tiniest little role, but the role that kind of brings about some Linusy feelings, is uh, John Voight. He plays Reese Witherspoon's dad. Um, you literally see him for like five minutes of the entire movie, and it's just smack dab at the end. Five so. minutes too long. What a nutbag. <laughs> anyway sorry i can't not a john voight per- fan i can't separate the personal from the professional with this guy i liked him <laughs> in national treasure there we go oh okay all right so this movie is laid out pretty uh <clears throat> pretty easy to follow we start with um a little peek into kate and brad's relationship um they have a lot of fun together they do things just because they like to be around each other you see them taking a dance class with couples and the couples are like oh when are you getting married and they're like we're not yeah they're very afraid of commitment they're having fun they don't need to be married they don't want kids um i have a question for you all though right off the bat so because we this is something you see in sitcoms a lot too where to spice up their love life like somebody goes and pretends to be somebody else at the bar like modern family claire and phil did this have you all ever done that? No. No, that seems weird to me. Yes. I don't like the idea of pretending I'm hooking up with somebody who's not my wife. That just seems weird. Um, what's weird and I don't think could happen in a movie today is the way that scene plays out in this movie, which does not help me like this movie at all. But it starts off with that horrible, awful scene where she's somehow turned on by him calling her the B word. Like, and the no. S word. It, right. No. No and no and none of that no and no and no. You didn't enjoy that. I hate that scene. Okay, I was confused. Would they put I, would they put that in a movie these days? Would they? I don't think, they would. think so. I think they would. You really? I hope not. 
Okay. So that is actually the opening scene is the bar scene. Um, and then we go into kind of seeing how Kate and Brad are as a couple. And like Anthony said, they're very no commitment. Um, which at the beginning of the movie, you kind of take as these people really genuinely enjoy being together and cool. Right. Like yep. that's a good relationship, you know, like who knows what will happen for them in the future. Um, they come like up with friends and less like a couple though. Yeah, they are. And I wonder they're, how much of that is the complete lack of chemistry. They're almost like friends of benefits and not a true couple. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, Julia, no chemistry. Yeah, None. No chemistry. But I can't tell you any actress in Hollywood that would have chemistry with Vince Vaughn. Like, who would that person be? You know what? Now that you mention it, every movie I've seen with him, I, the, it, he's never believable with a girlfriend. Mm -mm. Nope. Or wife. I mean, John Favreau and Marissa Tomei are believable as a potential couple. And that's saying like bonkers words because Marissa Tomei is like 18 levels above John Favreau, but somehow it works in the Spider-Man movies. But John, so I can't, in those movies. yeah, I can't put Vince Vaughn with anybody. So, um, so every year at Christmas time or for, they imply most family gathering moments, they come up with a lie that puts them in an unavailable to family status for the duration of the Christmas season. So this year they're going to Fiji and they basically tell some story about deworming orphans or whatever in a third world country so that their parents basically don't have any argument against it and it gets them out of family obligations. So they live in San Francisco. Carl the Fog is in rare form the morning they show up to the airport and their flight is canceled. And of course, they're dressed in all of their beach gear. And the <laughs> obnoxiously news, the, so. The public news story comes to cover the fog and the canceled flights, and they're seen on live TV by all their family. Yep. Who pressure them because pressure all them four family units are watching, watching the, news the news at the same time. So right. this is so much so that they start immediately calling. Right. This is what my complaints about the movie. Right. Okay. In that how on Christmassy it feels to me a lot of the time. Yes. You didn't have to sit in California where when they go visit their families, nothing looks or feels Christmassy. You could have just as easily have done this in Chicago during a snowstorm that grounded them and mm -hmm. the suburbs of Chicago where it's snowing, there's ice, there's snowmen. It looks beautiful and atmospheric. This movie doesn't feel Christmassy. The most Christmassy thing about this movie is the music. They had good music choices. But mm -hmm. like scenery, I got no Christmas feels from it at all. Robert right. Duvall's house felt like Christmas. Was it the was it the fact that <laughs> the siblings are beating up on one another and dad is getting drunk and uh, berating them all? Please, daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. How does this come up at least once a year, this song? <laughs> uh, because a lot of movies integrate alcoholism with Christmas because Christmas is a major trigger for alcoholics. If you made that up, it sounds real. No, it really is. It's it's a real trigger for a lot of alcoholics. Being around, like the pressures of being around family. A lot of people avoid yep. family. If I, if I had the time for our, for our like 200th episode or like five year anniversary, I'd go back and edit like all a bunch of clips together <laughs> to show how often we like repeat ourselves and just forget we have the same <laughs> conversations all the time. 
That would be a very long episode. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. <laughs> um, okay. So then what happens, right? Is their disgruntled family members are calling them saying, wait, I thought you were going to be somewhere else helping orphans. And instead you were headed to Fiji and all your beach gear. So now they have to visit all four families for Christmas. So, so our first I family am... is Vince Vaughn's Cat dad. Can I say something about this? That what they yeah. have to do here. So, I'm lucky enough. And my parents aren't divorced. Sarah's parents aren't divorced. I, and none of a lot of my cousins don't have like in-laws who are divorced, which is good. But and mm -hmm. it still seems exhausting just splitting time between two families, let alone four. I watch that every holiday season. I'm like, man, I'm kind of glad your family lives in another country. So we either have, we have to commit to one family and we can't like mm -hmm. have to split the time like over two days or half a day here, half a day there. Like it looks exhausting. Just two families, which most couples have to go through, obviously. Yeah. So like the fact that they have to split a day between four, like that looks like the most stressful, worst nightmare for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, I don't even, I can't logistically put that together, right? The timeline of the movie, I just don't think all of that could happen in that amount of time. But we also like they would have to live really close. They would have to live in the Bay really Area. Close. Not in yeah. the Bay no, Area. No, yeah, exactly. Not the Bay Area with freaking traffic and just how spread out it is. Well, and just right. looking at like where in the Bay Robert Duvall would have to live, how far they'd have to go. This was a lot to cram in in a day. Yep. Once again, I laugh at what Tom lets slide when it comes to realism and what he does. <laughs> I let it slide. It's fine, but we're talking about like exactly. It, right? He's letting this slide, but good thing they didn't go down mall. Good thing they didn't go down the mall. <laughs> it just feels lazy. That's lazy writing. Like make it relevant today, y'all. Make it relevant today. <laughs> So they go to dad's uh, house first. They have first, one of Vince my Vaughn's favorite dad. quotes at the airport, though. Oh, what do they say? I love when the, the reporter comes up and um, <laughs> she's like, you certainly look you certainly look dressed for a vacation. He says, uh, we're taking and uh, we take the trips. It's a <laughs> trip. Like, <laughs> I just love when the camera's on Vince Vaughn's character. That's one of the times he's the absolute funniest. It's when he, when he can't Freezes talk. <laughs> Okay, so they go to his dad's. Yes. Um, so his dad is horrible and hateful and mean and rude and clearly demeans Vince Vaughn as his son regularly throughout the it whole does, time that he's he, there. He implies he's not a real man, essentially. Right. Because the other two sons Ooh. are his version of real men. And they're, and they're your the stereotypical, like, muscle toxic dude, masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Yep. Like pickup truck like not that there's anything wrong with that but you know what i mean when you think of the stereotype stereotypical toxic male they hit all the barbed yep. wire tattoo across the giant bicep in the ed hardy shirt yeah i i literally i've never seen john favreau look this like in shape in, in anything <laughs> it, it blew my mind because it's been a while since i saw this movie and i thought he still was a little beefy but then when he came on i was like holy crap he wasn't like <laughs> did he literally get in shape for one film it blew my mind <laughs> then he realized i don't have to do that anymore yeah then he realized uh, he he heavier fellows are actually kind of funnier <laughs> did you not see uh, rocky marciano in 99 did you just pull that up 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, he was pretty. He was pretty ripped in that too. Most of the time at Dad's house is spent with Vince Vaughn's character getting beat up by his brothers or his brother's kids in spectacular fashion. Lots of physical humor here. Um, plus, did we you have... recognize his oldest son? No. Oh, that's the kid from the Ed Helm vacation movie. Oh, okay. Never saw that one. I think it's these kids are horribly misbehaved. By I didn't the way, care enough to look it up, but he looked like it. I mean, it's a reflection on the fathers, right? The fathers aren't. It the is most, the nicest people. And I was no, thinking not. of you during this scene, Julia, because you always said like in other more healthy functional family movies when the siblings have that rivalry. You said every Christmas, Marty and his brothers kind of get into it playfully. So like, yeah, they do. So like when Vince Vaughn kept beating up, uh, when John Favreau kept beating up Vince Vaughn, I was like, I wonder if Julia, if this is what happened at Marty's family gatherings, where Marty <laughs> walks a corner and his brother just like clotheslines him. <laughs> it's not that violent. <laughs> and it's not usually Marty is the instigator. It's his little brother. And they Got tend it. to <laughs> wrestle each other after eating, which is always always come it's very comedic for us to watch and then now i think about it that really bums me out because like obviously we're not getting that this year because of covid but then i don't know i even wonder about like in the future if it's just still going to be weird you know i yeah i like the quote where connor took him down when he's like do you know who i am and brad says what and he says google me i might be famous one day so a few other things happen. Um, Vince Vaughn is kind of struggling with his dad and his brothers the whole scene. Um, he's not good enough for his dad. His, he's, he got a satellite dish for his dad and his dad just like totally unappreciative, right? Like over and over, awful. he's just, yeah, he's terrible to his son. Well, before we got um, to the satellite, nobody told him there was a $10 gift limit. So right. he buys his nephew an Xbox. Um, right. That that was kind of that that kind of hit me because I've seen like yeah. yeah. I I have like relatives in the family who are like less fortunate than other relatives and like mm-hmm. the more uh fortunate relatives always kind of feel bad like if you go to their house Christmas and the kids, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of Yeah. So this scene like resonated with me. Like I really felt I did feel for Tim McGraw's here. Yeah, I felt more for Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. They were just trying to do something nice, like the kids. Oh, like I felt for the them too. But yeah. It was awful. But then when he gives yeah. his kid a flashlight, <laughs> the kid takes off his clothes. They're like, you know, he has a hard time dealing with his emotions. And when he gets really <laughs> stuff, he, he, he goes streaking. He always comes back. <laughs> and after he goes the, part, the funny window, part of that is the underwear. He throws the underwear just... back in. <laughs> flies back through the window that part's funny um and we have this side this side interaction between john favreau's wife and reese witherspoon um where there's a baby involved and reese witherspoon's holding the baby the baby's screaming and so this kind of starts to dredge up feelings you see that come back in the next scene um with reese witherspoon regarding being a mom and kind of those mom feelings that she's been suppressing because it wasn't a part of their relationship currently um there's some funny moments too because i mean katie mixon's hilarious to me um she's just funny in most of her roles um so it's funny she ends up smacking the kid's head on the (laughs) cabinet door door. (laughs) yeah okay so anything i missed from this first scene with the dad 
You I, did miss okay. the fact that they are snobby people and they were too good for spray cheese. They were too good for spray cheese. Okay, I I will right. say that this scene, I hated the sequence in the movie. I love John Favreau, but probably my least favorite of the four of them. No, I don't like the John Voight one either. But I, 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 but the reason I don't think you liked it, I'm willing to bet, it's probably, if, if you're like me, it all hinges on Robert Duvall. It just seemed over the top. Like, I did not I laugh know. once when they're on the roof with the satellite dish trying to put it up, mm-hmm. and he goes flying off the roof through the walls. Pulling that was the ridiculous. It was absurd. Like, it just, like, a lot in this movie is over the top, to be fair. But this mm-hmm. one was, like, yeah, it made the over-the-top stuff look tame later that comes mm-hmm. later on. Like, it just didn't work for me. And it, and it had nothing to do with Robert Duvall for me. It had nothing to do with Robert Duvall for me because the quiet scene with Robert Duvall and Vince Vaughn later on, I actually really liked. It was prophetic. The idea that we are going to mock the educated has become such a staple in American politics now. What was funny about that is not funny today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was funny at the time. It's like, oh, look, they're making fun of the educated guy. But now it's like, wow, we really do that a lot. Uh, Was the scene Christmassy at all? No, no Christmas feels at all. No, it doesn't even really I, feel like Christmas, even though they open presents and there is a tree. I mean, they built this house from scratch. That's a piece of trivia. Like it wasn't just an on location. Really? They, did. they yep. built Boy. it so they could, so they had a roof that uh, could hold the crew and all the actors at once for when they were. So when they showed up on set and found the house was empty inside, everyone was really impressed. Like, oh, wow, you built a whole house for this 10 minute scene. And yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Waka, waka. Boy. Right. All right. So that takes us to our second family scene. It's our second Christmas. Um, and it's where we meet Reese Witherspoon's mother, sister, aunt, grandma. Oh, grandma. All of whom, grandma, All of whom are ready to pounce on Vince Vaughn. Yes, they are. So they're very well put together. So as opposed to Vince Vaughn's dad, where everybody's kind of a hot mess and rednecks, they're the exact opposite of that. Nice, beautiful house. Love, well, aesthetically Externally, speaking. Aesthetic, Externally. Yeah. I was about to say, aesthetically in terms of speaking. like put together, they are also not, they're very like, a, they're the overly horny older women you see in a lot of these trashy comedies. Yes, yes. But as far as surroundings go, they're yep. extremely well-dressed and coiffed and like all of that stuff. Just like you would expect Reese Witherspoon's family, honestly, because she's very put together as well. Um, so her mom is very religious. She's very into the pastor. We don't meet yet. I feel yet. like this, this, new, this religion thing is new though, right? Yeah, it feels a bit new, probably since she got divorced. Um, <laughs> grandma has a mouth on her figuratively and literally oh i did love whenever she when they were talking about the new year or whatever she said she wished she could she she was talking about doing something inappropriate to her husband more often and vince vaughn and reese witherspoon just stare at her like and vince vaughn i did like his reaction did she really just say that like that's exactly how i would react if uh yeah I was sitting around Sarah's, Sarah's grandma about, said yeah, that. I would be yeah. like, did she just say that? Especially <laughs> if everyone like was like just shrugging it off. Yeah. Like ain't no Although, thing. This grandma is like oh. that, whether it's a new thing or she's always been like that. We don't know. We just know it's, that um it seems when they're cavalier. It does. And when they're talking about 
what it, the whole thing when they're going around is like, um, what are we going to, what's our goal for next year, right? Like we're going to start the new year fresh and what are, what are we going to do better in the next year? And grandma busts out with that. Um, mom oh, says she, something like she needs to give of herself more to her pastor. And it's totally meant to be taken both ways. And then Kristen Chenoweth is she wants to get pregnant again. And she's got, you know, a youngish baby that she's nursing already. So there's a lot of sexuality in this side of the family as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's here. Reese Witherspoon takes a pregnancy test, right? Yes. That whole bathroom scene just, I don't know. I'm not a woman, but that just felt very awkward. Right. So she's talking with her nursing sister and nursing sister is asking questions that probably most sisters would ask some version of, right? Like how serious is it? And don't you want kids someday? And um, Reese Witherspoon ends up finding a pregnancy test inside of her sister's diaper bag and just takes it, you know, for kicks. Cause at this point you think it's like just for fun. And so she takes this pregnancy test and her little brat niece comes in and sees it and is like, what's that? While she's sitting on the pot, which does happen. Um, not with nieces necessarily, but you know, when you're a mom, there's like no privacy. Like no. the bathroom has to have a lock on it. Just lock the door. It's what I keep they will walk Just in. lock the door. Yeah. I don't have the problem. Ellie doesn't walk in. I lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> so... Little niece runs off with the pregnancy test because Reese Witherspoon told her it was a highlighter or a marker. And she goes, oh, we can't have markers in the bathroom. So I'm going to go put it away. And I'm going to tell mommy. I'm going to go tell mommy. That's right. And obviously Reese Witherspoon wants nothing to do with that. She doesn't want anybody asking her why she's taking a pregnancy test. Nor does she want Brad to find out her boyfriend, right? Vince Vaughn. So she chases her niece and her niece runs into the jumpy jump that they have rented for this family occasion with a whole bunch of kids in it. So, so as this is going kids. on, as this is going on, she was one of my favorite quotes, uh, because while Reese Witherspoon goes into the jumpy jump, battling with these kids to get her pregnancy test back, <clears throat> Vince Vaughn is being questioned by all the women in her family who are like on top of him on the couch. Like Mary Steenburgen has a plate of hors d'oeuvres in front of him. And like, he's mm -hmm. just picking it off. I feel like a Saudi king <laughs> or whatever he says. Which <laughs> me laugh. It's like a harem around him. Yep. Do y'all call it jumpy Awful. jump? Is, I've never heard jumpy jump. I've, I call it, we just call it in the Northeast, a bouncy castle. We call, we call it bouncy house. house. Yeah. 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 Jumpy jump was new, but I mean, like I knew what they were talking about. So it's yeah, full of kids. It. <laughs> and Reese Witherspoon is terrified of these. So she has some kid, uh, kid thing happened when she was a kid where she got trapped in one of them for quite a while. And so she has like all this anxiety coming to coming, going into the bounce house to get the pregnancy test back, but she does it. And so you get all this physical humor, comedy, whatever you want to call it inside of the bounce house where she is being tackled by kids. And then she ends up tackling kids to get this pregnancy test back um from her niece and so the only funny part of this is when her niece has it in her mouth and yep. she's scaling the side of the bouncy house and reese witherspoon's character goes i peed on that and she spits, spits it, out. it out reese witherspoon catches it and the scene is over i i kind of liked watching reese witherspoon throw children uh can we can we talk about the next scene though with this family because this is one of my favorite sequence in the movie and that's when they go to church 
Wait, wait, wait. Before that, I really liked that Reese Witherspoon had no clue that her best friend in high school was into her. And then <laughs> oh, yeah. she and Vince Vaughn are talking. And she's like, no, no, we used to play all sorts of games. I would put on a bikini and we'd pretend we were on the beach and she would rub lotion all over me. <laughs> she didn't want me to get burned. <laughs> Okay, so Anthony, you want to talk about the next part of the Reese Witherspoon family scene? Yeah, so they go to Pastor. Oh, we skipped the puking part. Sorry. Okay. Nope, I'm going to no name problem. the one one of the three funny parts in the movie to me is when the baby pukes on Reese Witherspoon, which is before she takes a pregnancy test, and it gets like all over her, and Vince Vaughn just starts gagging because he can't handle it, and he goes, "I'm going to do it too. I'm going to do it too," and it's so funny to me. Okay, sorry. And back like, to you. Uh, it's in my mouth. <laughs> that's at the end that's the other one at the end oh that's the next one okay i've got a comment yeah. i've got a story at that <laughs> so they go to pastor phil's church <laughs> and they're where they're putting on a live nativity show and they want volunteers in the audience to, to play joseph and mary which would never happen no, it would never happen. Well, two people but, got sick, and so they needed to fill the spots. So, of course, Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. Vince but Vaughn wouldn't they just promote that. somebody from the play? Like, from the play, who knows the story? They wouldn't just pick random people. This is the part like, of the movie you're having trouble with? Well, that, and I've got one other part that I'm not comfortable with. How did the pastor know Brad's name? They hadn't met yet. Anyway, Brad is chosen as Joseph, and he cons... Uh, Reese Witherspoon into being Mary. And Brad. Flip it. Oh. She gets Mary first. Oh, uh, she gets Mary. Because her first. mom her basically mom stands up and says, says Oh, she'll be Mary, even and though she, she didn't want to because she gets stage fright. And Brad doesn't want to be Joseph, but she cons him into it. Yes. Which is hilarious because once backstage in costume, he is so into the character. He has he has his little script. He's practicing different line readings. Like she's holding baby Jesus in her arms. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so at this point, she knows she's pregnant, right? We know she's pregnant. She took that. Well, it's implied she's pre- she's not pregnant. It's right. implied she's pregnant. She's not pregnant though. So as she's holding right. this baby, you know, she's thinking about kids, and she's like bouncing it. Like she's like, oh, maybe this isn't so bad. Look how cute he is. Brad's not paying any attention to her. He's like, this baby is a blessing to both of us. And she's like, really? Oh, what did that line reading not go? I'm trying to be authoritative yet sympathetic at the same time. This baby is a blessing to both of us. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, try to picture it in my head. You know, Joseph, would he be angry or would he be fine with you know somebody else getting his wife pregnant because it was God who got her pregnant? <laughs> Holding is hilarious. So they go on stage in front of this live huge audience, and Reese Witherspoon they. Need to swaddle Mary, Reese Witherspoon has to swaddle baby Jesus in clothes. She has no idea how to do it. She's like, Brad, help me. I don't know how to do it. I'm like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? We're losing the audience, honey. We're losing the audience, honey. We need we, we, we need to get them back in and engage, and engage them. So as, as she's struggling with the baby, he's like, he's he's, he's losing the audience. So he just says, This baby is a blessing for both of us. And the audience goes wild for him, and he feeds on that audience wildness. And he's like, "Glory be to God, <laughs> glory be in the to highest, God. in the highest point on the earth." <laughs> he's like, "Line is your line." She's like, "I forgot my lines." Well, luckily, I memorized all of our your lines. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
And this whole scene was making me laugh, how interplaying Joseph he was, how condescending he was to her. He was horrible to her. I don't know who in a church would have any concept of the, the nativity story and be okay with that behavior. But the crowd loves it. The crowd went wild for him. They're freaking out. And he basically turns it into one of these rockin' like sermons. Like he's he's I said, glory be to God, you know, one of the <laughs> and it's very yep. funny. He's very he's happy a... with the performance. And she's not, obviously. She feels betrayed and he he doesn't see anything wrong with what he did. He was like, honey, we need we needed the audience, you know, you know, uh <laughs> it was very funny. It was funny. And they're fur- further alienated from each other. So each Christmas that goes by, they get further and further apart from one another. Um, was this one Christmassy with mom and sister? And at least they had a nativity play, but it still wasn't very Christmassy. They made a nativity play not feel Christmassy, which I think yeah. takes some skill. It really does. It really I mean, does. Mar- Reese Witherspoon looked beautiful as Mary in the costume. But recently, this people that look beautiful in rags. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She and I have that cross to bear together. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> <laughs> so our next Christmas, our third Christmas, is with Vince Vaughn's mother and her boyfriend. My nope. second favorite scene in the whole movie. My second favorite sequence in the whole movie. Well, let me what let you tell this line? one then. Okay, huh? and then I got a question. Nope, I got a question. Go ahead. Okay. So they it's just basic place of mother. And they go and uh the brothers we met at Robert Duvall's house are here. They've gone to mom's now, so they're back in the scene. We find out that Well, can we go back before the, they're there? Because they're not there at first. We find out that mom is, is she married? Is she dating his best friend from high school? Mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite exchanges in the movie. Because he he's obviously fallen out with his best friend since they started dating. He's become more distant with mom. When he sits on the couch, his friend Daryl is like, he puts on that stepdad act that you see in a lot of movies, except they're the same age. So he's like, look, Brad. I'm not trying to be your father. You already got one of those. I'm just hoping for a chance to be your friend. And then Vince Vaughn just makes me laugh so much because he's quick-witted. He's like, you're my friend, Daryl. You're my best friend. We grew up together. We rode bikes together. We used to smell each other's hands. But now you're sleeping with my mom. It's a little bit weird for me. Can you appreciate that, Brad? <laughs> uh, what is up with we used to smell each other's hands? Is that- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a child. Funny one offliner. That was pretty funny. And Daryl was like, Brad, I never had a sexual thought about your mom until I was 30. And Brad was like, can you leave it alone? You can't be my friend anymore. You can't be sleeping with my mom and still be my friend, okay? <laughs> this this line about hands, though, stuck me about a weird thing as a child. The only one I can think of that was more odd was when I was reading Umberto Eco. And he talked about when they were children and would chew on their toenails. Oh. As a reference to try to get people to, like, associate. These are just weird things to associate with childhood, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brad's other siblings arrive John Favreau, Tim McGraw uh, John Favreau's pregnant wife and uh, the family gathers around the table to play Taboo and 
Sissy Spacek is your typical mom having trouble understanding the directions. She's like, <laughs> she's reading the words or saying the hint words that you're not supposed to. And Brad keeps buzzing the buzzer in her ear. And she's like, would you stop doing that? Well, mom, you're not following the rules, you know? And, <laughs> and it's very funny and very awkward for Brad because some of the things are like, like uh, his best friend is giving her <laughs> clues. And he's like, ooh, it's, uh, it's what I dribbled on you the other night. Whack. Oh, no. She's giving him clues. She's like, it's what you dribbled on me the other night. Ooh, wax. No, before the wax. Chocolate. No, no, no. Oh. Before the chocolate. Syrup. And Brad's like, looking so angry oh. the entire time. So wrong. I have to do John Favreau and Katie Minx's exchange because that was just epic. And one of my favorite things with the game. She's like, uh, he's, uh, he's chewing on the chicken, chicken legs. Chicken wings, and he's staring intensely at Vince Vaughn while doing it for whatever reason. Like, well, no, the, the reason time. is because Vince Vaughn mocks him right before this. He's like, "You sure you understand the rules? You know, you still got it. Just, just, flip, just flip the tube. What? Flip the tube? So, are you going to actually eat while you play that? <laughs> just flip the tube. Excuse me, flip the tube. On your mark, get set, go. And Katie Meeks goes, "Capital of China." He goes, "Hong Kong." Uh, thing. Thing next to your bed on the nightstand, a sock. I helped you come up with this the other night when you were drunk and came home from the bar last Thursday. Alibi. All right. The thing I'm not I'm not allowed to wear a supercross miniskirt. Me and you dry humping on the beach or screensaver. This game is so easy. The only man I'm allowed to cheat on you with, John Grisham. <laughs> Mexican dude. Ricardo Montebello. Ricardo Montalban. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban. Montalban? Montalban. Oh, it was just so funny watching them. That was like absolute. That was probably one of my favorite exchanges. Yeah. That's how Christine and I yes. play games, though. Like, you, like when you've been together with somebody for a while, you just have these most ridiculous connections, right? Right. And that's what they were trying to demonstrate, having them go, because the next turn is Brad and what the hell yep. is the Reese Witherspoon's name? Kate. Brad and Kate go next. And in contrast to Connor and his wife, they don't know, Brad doesn't know anything about Kate. Kate is trying to give him all these personal clues. My worst fear, snakes. No, my other worst fear. Uh, uh, and she keeps saying it and he starts getting annoyed with her. Like, you know, you gotta give me another clue. Clearly you don't know how to play this game. Well, you know, they're getting, and mom, since he's basic is getting her revenge at the buzzer behind him. Boom, mm -hmm. you don't have to do it in my ear, mom. You know, Mom, you were saying things wrong. I'm saying what she's saying. She said the answer already. I'm not reading the clues. <laughs> we misspoke. Uh, his name is Denver. Connor was his son. Whatever. Remember, well, it's important because they're all named after the cities they were conceived in. And Vince Vaughn's name is Orlando. Orlando. <laughs> and he had never glad told her that was his real name. Glad <laughs> they weren't like in Tallahassee or. Uh, Tallahassee was an awesome character played by what's his name in Zombieland, Woody Harrelson. But that wasn't his oh. real name, right? no. But that, I like that'd be that they weird... named themselves after where they came from. Yeah. How about Sioux City? Okay, aren't you glad you you didn't have a child named <laughs> Sioux City? <laughs> oh, you know Salt Lake City. It... That would be a weird name. Salt Lake. Don't City. dare me, Tom. I'll name my firstborn. Just a spy. I have you. more faith. I have more faith in your wife than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd go out to get water or something and come back and she changed the name. <laughs> um, 
So they get no points. Reese spoon is gone, and he's annoyed. He blames her. Says you mm-hmm. don't know, you didn't know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. She, she, she was questions. going a little meta though. Like she was going like way too into the into the questions. In college, I was wearing this bikini and D- typical white top, male like, blaming the woman for her for his failures. <laughs> you got to go fast, man. Like Katie Minks, man. She was like, on what it. was so much funnier about that Nixon, exchange between her and him is that whenever he would answer, she'd go, yes, baby. Or she'd be <laughs> like, yes, awesome. yes, yes. And what made, <laughs> so funny. And what made it so for him so funny is that it's just the way he was tearing at those chicken wings <laughs> of his teeth. <laughs> what? He was answering. And again, and then did they not divert his eyes from Vince Vaughn the entire time. <laughs> He's staring <laughs> dead eyes of Vince Vaughn, ripping the chicken the skin from the chicken with his teeth as he's answering and this is not yeah. again lovable john favreau that we know this is tanned uh-uh. up souped up weird haircut john favreau just staring Vince Vaughn in the and then he <laughs> leans over and starts making out with his wife and groping her pregnant belly that was very uncomfortable oh and he smacks very. her face too he oh. does like at the end but that scene for me is worth watching the movie, honestly. If this movie is going to be on, if I can at least get that scene out of it, then I'll stick with the movie just to watch that scene. This is why it was so my funny. second favorite scene. Also not a Christmassy Christmas. Not at all. The house did not, not feel like Christmas, but that house was pretty amazing. So, yeah, that house so, is pretty pretty darn amazing. So before we go to the next scene, which is obviously important, can I say something since we just saw both of Brad's families? He had a quote, and I forget where he said it, but he tells Kate... My childhood was like the Shawshank Redemption, except I didn't have some old, warm black man to share my story with. <laughs> <laughs> that was back when he was in his ho- in his father's house. I remember that because there's another quote before that. And while we're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and, and divert. Uh, she he says, um, uh, "Katie, they're trained UFC fighters." They know pressure points on people. She says, but you're twice their size. He's like, but they're semi-professional cage fighters. Like one person comes out and the other doesn't. A cockfighting with, cockfighting with, but with dudes. So I thought you said they were trainers, were personal trainers. They're dude cockfighters. Like that, like that thing you see on pay-per-view? Yes, exactly. Except they don't get paid for it. They mostly just brawl in people's <laughs> backyards and then upload the footage to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> So next we leave and we're in the car and they have a falling out. Yep. And they both question whether they should be together because she talks about wanting, now she realizes that maybe she wants more than she thought she did out of life. Like she's thinking, I want to at least be open to the possibility of kids and Brad's still like, no. So when she gets to her dad's house, which is John Voigt's house, she gets out and Brad doesn't go with her. Brad leaves and goes to his dad's Mm -hmm. house Mm -hmm. again. I imagine this has to be a pretty far distance in the bay between these two houses. Um, with with at least ten malls between them. Probably not anymore. <laughs> They've all shuttered and and closed. And Hence, making them the- irrelevant for a setting of a movie. Yeah. They've probably been torn down and turned into um, artisanal vegan bakeries that only use amaranth seeds and everything that they amaranth grain amaranth grains and everything they bake. <sighs> anyway is, speaking of amaranth you should so listen to uh it really is you should listen to pat oswald take on um 
on biblical grains. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Random topic. Well, I just said amaranth, and he talks a great deal about amaranth. So then our last Christmas is with her and her dad, but her mom is also there. Her sister's also there. Pastor, what's his face, is, all, is also there. So we're, we're bringing back some characters we've already met, but we're also introducing her dad. Um, and she has this heart to heart with um, her dad, which is, which precipitates the Linus moment where he basically says, she's like, I never thought a Christmas like this would happen again, where you can sit next to mom and be cordial. Um, she even brings it up to her sister, like whoever thought this could happen again, it was such a horrible divorce. Um, and she says, you know, there are kids involved and parents have figured it out and they know this season is special. And so they do what they can to make it work. And so her dad kind of just echoes that, right? Like, um, you've got a, I can't even really remember what he says, but it's kind of the general, you, you do what you can to make Christmas good and you don't need to lose yourself and you also need to be happy and kind of a supportive dad, supportive dad speech. Um, and this helps Reese Weatherspoon some come to grips with what just happened with Brad. She's still sad about it. So you can definitely tell there's something there Did at the same time. This, I mean, she's a little remorseful. Sure. She seems bummed. She even tells her okay, sister, like, I don't want to talk about it. So nobody bring it up. I almost would have preferred it had Vince Vaughn had the scene with his dad. She had the scene with her dad and they kind of met halfway somewhere to say that she learned from his lesson too. And was going to go apologize to Vince or make up with Vince Vaughn, not necessarily apologize. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so, yeah. so Vince Vaughn has a heart to heart at the same time with his dad, except his dad's heart to heart has no heart. Oh my gosh. He, his, his dad, dad is like good tells him. His dad basically tells him, you're just like me. You're smarter than I thought. You don't need her. He was like, it's it's the ones you fight with that you're the most like. And he says, you know, you're just like me. And at that point, Vince Vaughn's like, oh, this is not what I anticipated. This is not what was supposed to happen. Right. right. He's like, it's like the anti. He's like, beer with your dad, man to man. And yeah. he does. He doesn't leave to yep. level tonight. Yep. Right. So then he shows back up at Reese Witherspoon's dad's door and basically says, okay, here's the deal. I've sort of thought about kids also, except he does it in a Vince Vaughn way where you're like, no, you didn't. And like, what are you even talking about? And you're a big idiot. <laughs> that was just me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so he sits there and, and he says something like, well, you might as well have two, right? So they can keep each other company. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, okay, I'm open to the idea of kids in the future. Just like I'm open to the idea of maybe marriage in the future. And so they come to this horribly written halfway point where they decide with no chemistry whatsoever between them, by the way, still, that they should stay together and see what happens. I mean, I'm not talking kids tomorrow or even in the next year or so, or even in the next 10 years, but like we will be open to whatever would happen in the future. And she says, absolutely. And they kiss. And then, of course, you get that big one year later title card and they're in the hospital with a newborn baby. Yep. Where it's the first baby born in the area on New Year's. That's right. And they haven't told any of their family. She gave Not even that she's pregnant. pregnant. Not, no. And they're like, oh, we, you know, we think that this is our own special gift. Then you see, of course, first baby born in the New Year's and newscasters come in. <laughs> Pulling them live on TV without knocking first, coming to this hotel room. It's yeah. the who, hospital room. Who would do that? 
and uh, and they're like, oh, how does it feel? Blah blah blah. And then, and then Vince Vaughn's like, he said something very similar to the vacuum airport. And there was a there was a vacuum and, and fluids. Oh, fluids. <laughs> Hold on, I'll read it. He said, uh, we're doing great. And there was uh, a vacuum, and then there was stretching and the juices. <laughs> The juices, oh nasty! <laughs> and and then it's the last part of the moment that makes me laugh because the baby pukes on her, <laughs> and it gets into his mouth, and he starts gagging again. That ever and happened that to you, Julia? No, I think it happened to Marty once, though. I have had Ellie's vomit, and I don't oh. deal well with it. Okay, <laughs> I have had vomit in my nose, in my mouth. And the worst place is in your ear. Oh, that's delightful. <laughs> in case you're wondering, that is the worst place. I don't think that would be the worst place for me. It is. It doesn't get out and it doesn't dry. You well, just feel like, it. You just feel no it dripping buds down in there. your ear. Well, no, but I mean, it doesn't it, like skeeve me out. Like, but you can like rinse out your human, mouth really yeah. quickly. You rinse out your mouth real quickly. Yeah, but just the thought. Yeah, baby vomit doesn't skeeve me out like it does, like other things do. Well, that's like spit up, not vomit. And... Right. Which I'm... in the movie it was spit up. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. But so what we learned from this last scene is that they, in fact, did not have a Linus moment. <laughs> There's no. no Linus moment in this movie. No. Because they're they in the exact same place with their it. family, exactly, that I'm they were at the beginning. I'm going to argue they had a Linus moment with each other, but I'm not going to qualify it. I'm saying if you wanted to, you could probably spin that as a Linus moment that they probably. changed for each other. But okay. So if there's no atmosphere and the only Christmassy thing about it was the setting and the music in the background, right? So it took place on Christmas day and there was Christmassy music in some parts of the movie. Is this a Christmas movie? Yes, it is. It's just a crappy one. Yeah. It doesn't have I all agree. the feels. It does lack a lot of feels, which is hard because we talk about one of the things that always makes a Christmas movie. That's like always the, re the redeeming factor is the music. And the music right. didn't save this one. And right. I think the biggest reason, like I like the movie. I enjoy it. It does make me laugh. There are a lot of parts that are fun. I don't think it's one that I will sit down and watch. But Background it's on noise. it. If it's on, I won't change it. Um, sure. It's going back to The Simpsons this weekend. It's the best movie. It's one of the best movies to fold laundry to, right? Like you're doing something else. It's on. It's good to go. I'm, I would agree with that. Like there are times it's been on TV. I haven't turned it off. Like I said, it's a perfectly average film. It's not that it's by far not the worst we've covered on this list. No, it's nowhere near the top range. It's, it's, it's average. If it's on and there's nothing better on like if it's on PBS and like Elf and Christmas Vacation are an on Freeform or AMC, then I'll leave it on. All right. So I know we covered a lot of quotes during the episode. Are there any that we missed or scenes, favorite scenes? I think we all, yeah, I was going to say, I think all of mine came as yeah. we went along. Same here. So let's rank this bad boy. Let's put it to bed. We've talked about this one a lot, right? Yeah. 
I'm going to come in at a 2.5, which puts it under Fred Claus, the last Vince Vaughn movie we covered. Ooh, you like, you like Fred it Claus, than Fred Claus more than this? I like Fred Claus more. It feels christmas wow. It definitely feels christmas year. I'll give you that. I cannot stand Paul Giamatti as a Santa. I'm sorry. <laughs> I am going to... You said 2.5, Julia? Yes. I am going to give it a... Tie it with what I gave Christmas at the Cranks. It falls right in that category with me. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just meh. It's just meh. Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to give it half a point less because Christmas is the caring, so at least still atmosphere. So I'm going to actually yes. give it a 5.5. Nope. You know what? I'm just going to give it a solid five. Five. Final answer? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. Final answer. I'm going to give it a four. How did Great. I come in the highest on this? this oh, is... that's just what happens. <laughs> That gives us an average of 3.83. That puts it in tier four. You'll shoot your eye out, kid, at number 64 on the list between the Christmas Chronicles 2 and North Pole. So we got some feedback on this movie over at our Reddit. Lots of thoughts and prayers. Over our Reddit, at our Reddit, we got from uh, Wintertime13 said, I hate this movie. I know it has its diehard fans in the Christmas community, but the movie is just awful to me. The best part of the movie is seeing John Favreau as the brother. I agree with part two of that. I agree with part two of that. We got some feedback on Facebook too. Stephen Beach, Disco54 wrote, I think it's very fair to say that Vince Vaughn doesn't do good Christmas films. Fred Claus is bad, and this is not good. We're a long way from Dodgeball and Wedding Crashers here. Agree, Stephen. Alfonso Duraldi, Alonzo Duraldi, our good hey, friend heard from, from him in a while. Uh, The Rap, wrote Thoughts and Prayers. <laughs> um, Robert T. Nickerson, who just launched his own Christmas podcast, yes. wrote... This isn't a bad idea for a Christmas comedy. It just so happens that everything comes out awkward. Awkward chemistry, awkward jokes, awkward slapstick. Even the dramatic moments are awkward. Something that goes into one ear and out the other. Not the worst, but it's forgettable. I, I agree with that. It's a, On paper, it's not a bad idea for a comedy. But mm-hmm. I like it ex- still. The execution and the actor, I'm not going to criticize Reese, were not cast well. Mm-hmm. And See, then, I really uh, wonder, maybe we need a Todd Killian recasting on this one because like you said, the premise is definitely not bad. They've got acting chops that could have carried this one off. It's like Vince Vaughn is the thorn in this movie. And if we had had a male that was more compatible with our female character, then maybe we would have hurt more and we would have enjoyed the ending better. I, but like, I, I don't we- care if these people break up. I think we would have, but at the same time, I'm not going to blame it all on Vince Vaughn. I think a lot of it is the writing as well, or lack sure. of, because a lot of this is improvised. Yeah, I think that's where we hit the problem because you can tell Reese Witherspoon does not deal well with that. Yeah. And then Jim Grossnickel Batterton, who that's an epic last name, Jim, wrote, "I am less inclined to like either of the two main characters than I am the hot mess families." I'll agree with that. It's mm-hmm. honestly hard for me to say which of the family set pieces is my favorite favorite. It's probably either Robert Duvall's house, Favreau and McGraw are two of the best, read borderline satire yet so real to life from my own experience, secondary <laughs> characters, 
the other set pieces at church. Everything about that scene from Dwight Yoakam to Vaughn's overacting. The plot itself is less compelling to me, but we've watched it every year since we saw it in theaters. We so, got I mean, feedback on Instagram also. We did. Yes, we did. So we got a comment from Honey of Venus who said, finally, I love this movie and I watch it every year. Makes me laugh so much. And then we also got a comment from Carols of Christmas that said, I've struggled to try to watch this again. God bless you all. You're doing the Lord's work. (laughs) So two wide swings of the spectrum there. But yeah, lots of Lots of talk about this one. Not surprising. Like y'all said, it gets a ton of airplay this time of year. Um, it does. And it's not a terrible background movie. You know, like you said, I, I wouldn't turn it off if it was the only Christmassy thing on TV. And if Hallmark was like not working. And <laughs> <laughs> that's like the conundrum for me, right? Because every yeah. single Hallmark movie, maybe minus the Nine Lives of Christmas, is more... Yeah, and that's borderline because at least that had lights and trees and stuff. That is more atmospheric than this. Am I going to turn off a crappy movie on Hallmark that has atmosphere for a crappy movie that doesn't? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Hey, y'all. Hey, what? This is it. This I'm is it. I, I'm not well, giving a timeline. I'm just saying, I'm just... <laughs> I'm feeling weird that this is our last recording before Christmas. I know. Our last episode before Christmas. Because yeah, by the time people hear this one and we say, hey, go to our social medias, right? Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Facebook group, Facebook, and interact with us on this movie. We could just as soon say, go to our social medias and interact with us about the next few days before Christmas. Yeah. And that's shocking. That's shocking. Although, I'm just going to point out to our listeners, keep your eyes on your feeds, because we have at least three more episodes coming up before next Monday's episode. Ooh. But this is is the last official episode, though. That's weird. Mm -hmm. And, and for those of you who want extra, even more extra content, go to Patreon. Mm -hmm. Tispodcast.com slash Patreon. We just, there's lots of bonus episodes up there but we just dropped a bonus episode in which i discussed with a few listeners all of the disney and marvel news and star wars news that came out of that disney investment call the other day oh man it was good very stuff fun. yep with all of the things that julia said um all the sites we'd love for you to go there and share your pictures of your magical christmas with your family we want to see how you're celebrating send us pictures of your tree of your uh you know your family opening presents of your christmas breakfast or lunch you know let's since most of us are not going to get to see our families this year let's celebrate virtually as a big family and that's what we are a big family and i was speaking of magical stuff shared on our facebook page i want to i want to draw attention to a video that listener oliver chenard shared today on our page from the local library um, he read a Hanukkah children's book live at the library, but he said over the next few weeks, they'll be reading stories about Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa, and he will hopefully be sharing all of these on our Facebook page. And check it out, because it's magical. Oliver, you have a beautiful reading voice. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so check those out for sure. Also, if you want to give us a gift this Christmas for free, 
leave us a review on iTunes. Every new review helps new listeners to find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 366 days per year. And I am so excited. We only have one week left of saying 366. (laughs) So how does one review help a new listener find us, Anthony? Can you explain the logistics of that assertion? Because I'm challenging it. Tom, you're the worst. So then next week, it'll be after Christmas, but we've still got some good stuff for you to round out the end of this glorious 2020 year. We're going to end it with the beacon of positivity, (laughs) Winnie the Pooh, a very merry poo year. We'll slide right into that new year celebration. Um, And then the week after that, if you want to do a little extra homework while you may or may not be off for Christmas break or holiday break, whatever you're celebrating, we are going to cover Holiday Inn, which I'm pretty excited about. Isn't Feel like that Groundhog just Day. White Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take any excuse. Um, uh, so well, we've got benefit of Holiday Inn over what we've covered before. White Christmas. We get some Fred Astaire this time instead of Danny Kay. That's true. You know, it's a positive thing. Another, if you want to check us, the two best elves out on video. Go to Filmstrip Podcast on Facebook, where we have a chat with our friends Jay and Ron, aka President Hot Dog, just about the Christmas season and the podcast in general. And I reiterate, the two best elves are present for that chat. So that's a positive. (laughs) Tom, I love you. Merry Christmas. That's the irritated blink. That's like a thing where the eyelids go halfway down, but not entirely down. <laughs> That's the, um, really, Anthony? Really? Yeah, it's that blink. If I were a teacher, I think that would be 90% of what I, how I would engage with students and say, at least at them. Tom, I'm disappointed. All you said was, really? Really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best Tom impression here. Uh, I'm sorry that I chose to spend time with my family doing Advent activities while you and Julia decided to spend time on another podcast during the Advent season. If that's how you choose to choose your, spend your nights, that's on you, you both. No, I had definitely planned on joining, but we had had a tech-free day, so I spent time, quality time with my daughter. Until she and she looked beautiful in the St. Lucia hat, honestly. She really did. Those are are adorable. And we didn't even talk about the fact that we have snow in Tulsa on the ground right now. And yeah, those pictures were awesome. All of your pictures. We expect the biggest Uh, snowstorm in a long time rolling in tomorrow. Y'all, I'm going to brag. My little snow helper made a helped me make a freaking amazing snowman. Like that snowman was out. Of that snow this sta- world. That snowman was precious. You really yeah, was. that was that was. Do you uh, have a snowman kit? Of course. Okay, I was like, I showed Marty a picture, and I'm like, of course, Tom has a kit of snowman parts ready at any given moment to bust a snowman out. We were like scrounging for things to make a mouth and eyes out of. Ours mouth. Ma- ours really? had a rosemary mouth that I picked off of my rosemary bush. <laughs> Because we didn't know what to make his mouth out of. Because who has don't coal? You, don't you Christina. know by now Tom has an answer for everything. If Frosty yes. the Snowman, that special actually was a true story, he would be like, I got Professor Hinkley to come to Tulsa once and I took that magic hat from him, which is why my snowman came to life. <laughs> no, uh, even better story about this snowman. This is from Hearth and Hot Hand. Mm-hmm. And we got it on clearance last year after Christmas. Oh, jackpot. Right? That was so cute. 
post Christmas sales Christmas are the sales. best sales. That's one of the things, like aside from not seeing my family, you know, because of COVID, I think the next the next biggest bummer for for like what I'm missing this season is the after Christmas, right? Splurge. There are only 120 hours left until Christmas. That's only four days, gal. That's under a week. That's under a week, which is really three days until Santa visits. Merry I mean, Christmas, right? From all of us to all of you, have a very merry. Merry Christmas. Bye. Well, it's Christmas time again. Decorations are on by the fire. Everybody's singing. All the bells are ringing out and it's Kids come get down And Christmas is a rockin' time Put your body next to mine Underneath the mistletoe we go